I had no idea how I was ever going to get to this point. Like, is it understatement? Hello, and welcome to The Orphic, where we're talking all things beyond ordinary understanding. I am Alyssa Sokol with Interdimensional Astrophysics, and here's Michaela with Mariposa Moonchild. Hi. Hello. Hello. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon, everyone. Good day. Good day. <laughs> Happy to be here for our fifth episode. Good, yeah. Good fifth stuff. episode already. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, all right. You want to you wanna start us in? Do some group breathing? Yeah. We'll do a little bit of a grounding in. Don't do this if you're driving. I'm probably going to stop saying that at some point because <laughs> it's annoying, but I feel like it's just like a disclaimer because I hear on other podcast episodes or other, or not podcast episodes, but if I do like a guided meditation, yeah. like, don't do this when you're driving. And right. I'm like, no shit. Right. Like who would do this? But like, obviously people have out mm-hmm. there. So it's like, I don't want no. you to sue me. Don't, so don't. Don't sue us. <laughs> don't sue us. So just breathe and drive and close your eyes if you're not driving. <laughs> so if you're in a space where you're able to close your eyes please use your own judgment and discernment if you're in that space or not uh i welcome you to do that and i welcome you to put your hand on your heart if it feels good i welcome you to put your feet flat on the ground and let's take a let's breathe together Mm -hmm. all right so let's start with a couple deep cleansing breaths so bring that beautiful air into your body Take a deep breath in all the way from your toes. Fill your lungs all the way up to the top. I want you to pause. Hold here. Open your mouth and release. Letting go of any and all negative energy that's been held in your body. And I want you to do that again. Big breath in, fill your lungs all the way up to the top. Pause. Open your mouth and let it out. (sighs) Cleansing and clearing anything stuck, anything heavy, anything that might be weighing you down, letting it all go now. I want you to do another one just like that. And I'm just going to quickly lead us through a ground in while you keep doing your own releasing breaths. Now just imagine roots growing out of your root chakra and grounding you down into the earth right now. Spiraling, spiraling down into the earth all the way to the center where they wrap around a large rose quartz crystal. Now with each breath, each inhale, I want you to bring all that beautiful white light energy from that massive rose quartz crystal up into your body, all the way up into your body, through your roots, through your root chakra, and bring it all the way up into your heart chakra, and just feel into that beautiful bright white light as it glows brighter and brighter in your heart space until it's made a complete field, a complete aura that's completely enveloping your entire body. Now just take one breath more one more breath here and just feel into this and release anything and everything that is ready to be let go now. (sighs) 
And when you're ready, come back to this space. All right. That was good. Mm-hmm. Love grounding in. Yeah, me too. It really centers yourself. Definitely. Well, first of all, should we talk about what you've been up to yeah. and how you're doing? Yeah, I was thinking we could we could do that. So at the time of recording this, I did just finish my PhD. I <laughs> thank you. Hey, you were there, Michaela, on Zoom. <laughs> I was so happy you were there in Zoom and in spirit. Mm -hmm. And what do you think? What'd you learn? Tell us. Tell the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So funny. So I watched I watched the whole thing. I was actually there for quite a while until the end. And then Bryce came home later and I'm like, yeah, I watched like Alyssa's thing today. And I'm like. I didn't understand a fucking thing she said. <laughs> I didn't understand anything. And I said, I tried really hard because I want it in my head. I'm like, yeah. oh, like maybe I can learn something and maybe this will like, like maybe. maybe I can follow a little bit. Like maybe I'm actually smarter than I think I am. And like, Wrong. Sh- sh- like the first slide, the first getting into it, I'm like, <laughs> like I'd wake way gone, way over my head. I still sat and like listened, but like, I mean, a PhD, like that's that, that's pretty it, fucking. It got smart. pretty. It got pretty complicated, definitely. By, well, I don't know. I'm biased, but uh, yeah. I mean, well, the first slide was like a, a like a one of those pictures of the evolution of the whole universe since the Big Bang, and just yeah, yeah. yeah. I I kind of followed that, but like much past that, yeah. or like showing yeah. of any of the math. Like I am so not mathematically brained Mm -hmm. i'm the opposite of that (laughs) and it's funny because i remember thinking oh wow astronomy would have been so cool to go into like it would have been so cool to go in and like study the stars like when you talk about it i watched an episode of the circle this was a while ago but there's a girl a fake girl on there and she was like study she was studying astronomy and she just sounded so cool oh really but yeah (laughs) but then i seen the log pretty much just that and all the letters and numbers and i was like there's no fucking way yeah there's no fucking way it's crazy that i'd be able to do that maybe that's a limiting belief but like there's no way (laughs) yeah it's like it's interesting it's like i've always been more of the math math science brain since like you know, since like high school, really, I was always just so much better at math than like reading. And I couldn't do for the SATs, like those reading comprehension sections. And like, I still like, oh my God, like I don't, I don't read books ever. Like maybe I am going Mm. to start, but um, it's just so funny. Like for me, reading and all that shit, no, I just need the hard maths. And um, yeah, I mean, it's like, I think too though you know I've been doing taking physics classes since I'm in like 11th grade grade 11 as you would say which is like age 16 or something so what's that uh 11th grade yeah it's like what do you mean what age no um because in the states like if you're a junior you're a senior okay yeah junior and then what is it it's like freshman Freshman, so- sophomore, junior, sophomore, junior, senior. senior. Yeah. So senior. when I was a junior, yeah. junior in high school is when I started taking like physics classes. I took physics eleven actually. Physics eleven. Yeah. And. Uh yeah, I did, and I thought actually I didn't didn't mind it, um, but I did not continue on. 
and I did chem in grade 12. Mm-hmm. And I failed probably the worst class that I've ever failed before. <laughs> in chem? Yeah. Yeah, Position I got thirty percent on our diploma. Oh, thirty. But there's there's also a few like layers to that, yeah. as in, um, just in general, I didn't put a lot of effort into school yeah. that year for like other outside contributing factors, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, I feel like I didn't have a lot of support because actually I went back and redid chem like when I was out of high school, mm-hmm. and I obviously like passed it and did fine because yeah. I, I needed it to get into school. But yeah, but yeah, math's not so good. I like to read and I like to write. So yeah, I'm the person that like likes to write. Yeah, like you know, in high school, everyone was reading those novels and you know Harry Potter, which you're a Harry Potter fan, and like everyone was reading. These, oh yeah, read them all. Everyone was like reading these novels, and I was just like, I mean, it's not like I was like in the corner doing math, but I was just like, nah, that ain't me. <laughs> I'm good on the reading. That surprises me because yeah. I feel like if you were to get into the Harry Potter world, you would love it. I'm actually very sad that you're not into it because like I'm so into it and it's so just like, I don't know. I can't describe anything like like a better movie series or book series, to be honest, especially to like correlate with this like magical yeah. part of my life. Right. Well, it's like, you know, I didn't get into ma- real life magic things until later in life. But I do always joke with my friends that like all of my friends are into all of those magical book series. And then I'm just like into real life magic. So mm, true. I'm into both. Yeah. That's, but that's a good there's place also, to be. I think, some really interesting synchronicities between Harry Potter and real life magic, which totally. is cool. Totally. Yeah. But anyways, you did your PhD. <sighs> anyways, and that so was it, very great. I did my best to follow. Uh, it was yeah. the most rewarding day of my entire life. Um, yeah, that's pretty big. It was amazing. And it went so well. And it was the talk was very well received. And actually, one of the biggest compliments that I got from like a lot of the faculty there was that um, it was very clear and that like, you might not think so. But like, for I guess other astronomers or my friend, um, my friend, Jesse, who's a, a doctor, of the body not doctor of space uh she was follow she was on the zoom and she was like actually i was kind of i was kind of following some of it um no but the professors in my department like one of the main compliments that i got was that it was very clear and that it was very well organized and so you know that's 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 always the goal i think there's some okay i'm i'm not even going to try to attribute this quote but what they say is that the mark of intelligence is not like you know being intelligent is not just like saying something that makes you sound so smart that nobody else can understand like the mark of intelligence is being able to explain something to explain like difficult concepts in an easy way and so i do think that that is one of my strengths Oh, I'm, I mean, I'm sure it probably was clear and concise yeah. to people that are scientists. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's like, I don't know what log or whatever oh, yeah. is, what the no, math exactly. is. I don't even like, yeah, I don't even know what the abbreviations are for things, right? Yeah. So No, it's not going to be clear but, to anyone that doesn't know that. But within the scope, you know, within the people that um, are able to, um, yeah, within within the scope of astronomers. Yeah, I'm so happy with how it went. And it's just like... It was just a miracle, like by the grace of God in these last few months that everything just came together. And I really like hope to use my success story with 
the way that my PhD finished to like, like help other grad students. And I already have, like I was already talking to another grad student who's worried she's finishing like her last year. And I kind of told her, I was like, dude, I did so much towards the end. Like I just, I, I made it all happen. Like it always comes together and it, I actually made her feel a lot better, um, which was good because it just, you know, academia, it's just so, everyone is so down in themselves all the time and just nobody ever wants to make you feel better about things. So that's truly just what I try to do when I come across other grad students is just shake them and be like, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Yeah. Academia is a hard one, especially for you going that far into like a PhD. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. So I'm extremely extremely proud of myself and I really am just going to be basking in that feeling as I rest and as I kind of focus on the podcast and figure out what I'm going to do next technically but um yeah it was surreal to live that day I still can't I'm like I can't even believe I like did that whole thing and I like already submitted my thesis and it was like 200 pages and I'm like oh my god I did that all and yeah that's crazy yeah it was just just amazing so um so yeah like i was thinking today for this episode um especially it's kind of like a nice time to record this because i'm so like i feel so like on the other side you know like i'm yeah. I feel like i i did this victory that earlier this year i had no idea how I was ever going to get to this point. Like, is it understatement? Like, I had, like, it felt impossible. Like, it felt like I was at the bottom of a ditch and I had no ladder to get out of it. Like, that it was impossible. And I was like, I have to do this thing. I have to cross the finish line. Like, this baby's coming out one way or another. Mm-hmm. But I was like, literally, how though? Yeah. So let's talk about a little bit of your journey yeah. to get to this point. Yeah. So, yeah, so I want to I want to talk about my journey to get to this point and why because of my addictions with Adderall, why it was so much more rewarding to get to this point where I finished out the rest of this year in terms of with the Adderall uh, sober without it, without this assistance from this substance that I was completely convinced that I 100% needed and I didn't think I could do anything without it. So yeah, yeah. I'm going to kind of like go go through this whole thing. And, and I just want to mention that like since I started talking about this more um, in the last few months or like starting over the summer, because I think that anyone that has dealt with addiction before knows that it's the best kept secret. Like it's a, like, oh, it, yeah. like when you have like an addiction, like that is... Like you go through all lengths and when I was dealing with like in the main throes of this, like two people in my life knew, you know, about what mm-hmm. was going on. Like it's, yeah, you just, you figure, you find a way and, and it's, it's your best kept secret. And, um, but so when I started talking about it more, um, I definitely found out that it's a lot more common than I realized. And oh, yeah. You know, I'm hoping that if this reaches anyone that has been going through a similar thing in the past or is, or I feel like we could potentially, you know, especially a lot of our our potential audience are people that 
and also have ADHD um, or yeah, just I feel like we also could be we're kind of moving towards this new era of where people are going to try to starting to like want to be a little bit more independent and maybe break away from pharmaceuticals. But also like if not, then that's cool, too. You know, <laughs> we're not um, I think I think it's it's a, is, very much to each to each their own. This is just your journey yeah, and what exactly. you were called to. Exactly. Because, yeah, so I do have ADHD. I didn't know that. Until- yeah, I don't We haven't really talked about yeah, I don't know if we've talked we about this much yet because haven't. we both do. Right. So this has been something that we've really related mm-hmm. about and even probably comforted each other in times. Um Mm-hmm. yeah like and i don't know if when you found out that you did like for me it's definitely self-diagnosed and i didn't find out until i was out of um college but like just like learning that i like learned so differently and like how much i struggled then when i could have just like learned in a different way i don't know it's been yeah it's been a big journey just learning that piece of yourself and learning oh my I'm like this because my brain like literally works differently than like the average person. Exactly. It's only been the last few years. Like I did technically get a diagnosis like at the end of um, 2021 or so or mid 2021. Mm. Um, But yeah, it's like this. It's like you think that you're just like lazy (laughs) or you think that you're just you're just your brain like works a different way or it's just this constant like why am I like this and I this is very common amongst people that realize they have ADHD like at this point in life like in their mid mid to late 20s and um I think I just well what was interesting was that okay with the Adderall for me like I started taking it in like the end of college but the thing is it was it was there was built-in shame around it the entire time because one I didn't well, know yeah. that I, had, I didn't know that I had ADHD because I feel like part of this is maybe people might relate to this too because I've talked about this with someone else who is a is a child of a doctor so my dad mm. is a doctor people in doctor families don't go to the doctor <laughs> it's like a thing we just don't right. go to the doctor and it also it establishes this like this belief where you grow up kind of assuming that like nothing's ever wrong with you at least this is kind of what it was like for me and I didn't realize this until I had this conversation with someone so, else a few years sorry, ago do you not you not go to the doctor because like you just go to your dad like your dad right. just tells you what's yeah, right or wrong it, and it's it was like growing up especially like I was on the tennis team you know like I need like anytime I had like a physical or whatever like I would just go to my dad and like and and yeah and and for other things too like antibiotics like of like general sickness it was like I, you know like I did technically like have a have like a pediatrician and everything but it was just like this general like underlying current of like I didn't really need I didn't need to like go to a general practitioner as much as someone else maybe mm-hmm. and but it also this is only only things that I unpacked recently it kind of came along with this underlying idea throughout college and after that like that like oh, like, I don't see, like, any doctor, like, there can't be anything wrong with me. Like, there's nothing wrong with me. Like, I just have to be, like, normal. And, like, I don't need any special medicine or anything because, like, I've grown up. And I think, you know, I think what it is, like, yeah, I've grown up, like, around a doctor my whole life. Like, if there was something that was inherently wrong with me, like, I would have known by this point. So I, therefore, everyone else probably is allowed to be on medication because they probably actually have things wrong with them. 
but I must be normal and I probably just need it because and I'm probably just using it to be selfish and to just give me a, a leg up even if I may actually need it and I'm not yeah. paying attention to that because there can't be anything wrong with me because I would have known by now so I must be of a normal class that doesn't need any extra medication or any help to do yeah. their things and this I mean, was well, this underlying belief like for a long time you know yeah, that makes sense. There's also the piece of like how women are so like greatly underdiagnosed when it comes yes. to ADHD too. Exactly, like I think that too. We're way better at like hiding our symptoms. And I don't like this is just generalizing, but no, there's that like is um, inattentive ADHD and attentive ADHD. And I've found that women tend to be more inattentive and men tend to be more attentive i mean not not everyone not completely that's like very like generalizing but i've like found that kind of and like inattentive seems to kind of be masked by the like lazy or like exactly yeah yeah and that's why you and i both have the inattentive one i believe that's like the yeah 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 and attentive would be more like Hyperactive. I, yeah, hyperactive, and that would I would think of that as when I was like young in school, and I'd be like the boys that were always acting out and having behavior issues. Like, I mean, there's more to it than that, but they were the ones that were most likely to be diagnosed at that age. But that's with the um, attentive, mm-hmm. right? It just presents differently. Um, mm-hmm. So, lo- I'm, like now, women are starting to become diagnosed more, but it's still not until later in life, like twenty plus, thirty plus, even like women into their forties. Right. Exactly. Like it's this new, con- it's this new realization that people are having, and I feel like honestly, like a lot of it is due to Instagram because now there's so many more like resources about like uh, that's probably where like I learned the most most of it. Yeah, me too. Honestly. And, um, yeah, just kind of these really specific traits or these specific tendencies. And, and I feel like, you know, the the differentiation is usually about like how much these things like really control your life. And the, the, the first thing that really clicked with me was reading about like the state of executive dysfunction where Hmm. you're kind of like the ADHD is taking over your life like a lot more than usual for a period of for like longer longer than just a day longer than I just didn't get anything done today like to the extent where you feel like you're really having a long period of time in your life where you're just not functioning at all and like I've had many of those stages in the last few years um yeah and so it's kind of just like okay yeah this is it um so it so basically as far as like back to the Adderall and kind of my journey with it it was you know I used it to help me in college and stuff um there was oh and also definitely like after I graduated college and when I was applying to graduate schools um needed to take like some special like physics exams and everything and it definitely kind of helped my stamina with long exams and like um studying for that and everything and um So at this point, you know, definitely was still something that was helping me and I didn't have any, there was still definitely shame around it though, because I wasn't diagnosed, but it, the shame like wasn't huge around it at this point, I would say. Um, But, but there was always the shame there because I always assumed that like, I didn't really need it, but it definitely wasn't a huge part of my (laughs) life you know it was like and the th- this is the thing like you know a lot of people do that in college it's well it's yeah, extremely yeah. common 
I was going to make that point too, just with like the pressures of academia, how actually common it is. And maybe like not everyone's like talking about it, but I think it's really common in the States. I watched a documentary years ago about how common like taking Adderall is in the States for college kids and how it was actually becoming a bit of an epidemic. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And I mean, and I, t- I took it too in school, like mm-hmm. not a ton, but I started to definitely towards the end when, um, just for like, like there's a lot of times I felt like I was in survival mode. If it was like the ADHD with other things mixed in and I'm like, I need to focus and I need to be able to do well on this test. And yeah, I started taking it too. And I think that's when I started to maybe realize that maybe I actually do have ADHD because I'm like, for other people when they take it, I like I hear them talk about how they clean their house from top to bottom and how they do all this crazy stuff. Yeah. And and for me, it's like it just made me feel normal. <laughs> like it made yeah. me feel like I could actually just That's sit how you still. Know. Make me just like sit still and actually focus like nothing crazy. It just made me feel like I could sit still, focus on my computer, focus on my notes and just like, yeah, focus and be present. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I was like, "Hmm." and then it was kind of after that, that I like looked into more ADHD symptoms and did a test and stuff like that. But yeah, there's something to be said too about just like academic pressure because like Mm -hmm. really that is the root of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, it's one thing if you use it to help you study for a few tests in college and then you kind of go on to your normal life and you're able to function um, but then, you know, in my case, then if you stay in academia, the co- especially in a PhD program, that's six to seven years, that pressure never goes away. Totally. If and, I would have been in school longer than that, who knows? Like, because I started using it like towards the end of my college time. Um, but if I had more years to go, who knows where I would have been. Yeah. And it's like, I feel like this, this disconnect existed in my mind, or at least like maybe of the way that I thought of it throughout that it was like, well, like the only people like that maybe, well, the thing is, I think that it probably, I think that my situation is especially in higher education is way more common than I even know about right now. Oh, I think so. In my, sure. The reason that I thought it wasn't common because of the stories that you tell yourself in this shame bubble and everything as I was like, well, everyone else that's in higher higher education and academia, like if you're going into a master's or PhD program, like you're probably smart enough that you like either don't have ADHD, which is obviously not even the correlation because it can exist in anyone or like you're probably have your shit together enough that you like won't even need it. It's like and, I, you know, in my mind, everyone just shows up to work every day and can sit down and focus. And I'm like, I'm the only one that that can't do that, that can't just sit down. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny you say that because it makes me think of like. ADHD is a symptom like it made it made you feel like ADHD is a symptom of not having your shit together and I feel like right. I feel like that too sometimes where it's just like totally. no this is just existing this is just part of you it's yeah. not good or bad but it does feel like a symptom of not having mm-hmm. your shit together exactly and it's like yeah so it's just big- like our brain works a little bit differently yeah um, and so there is a big shame spiral just within like ADHD itself even yeah like yeah exactly and so basically i i did start i started grad school not using it because i actually didn't have anywhere to get it from at first um 
And so so this is like the really big distinguisher for me was in, in, in terms of like in the last few years, how I, when I realized it became a problem was my ability to do work without it was how much I was relying on it because it's one thing to like kind of use it to help you through a long session of homework or to help you whatever it's kind of like an extra boost especially I guess in the way that I was thinking about it because I wasn't like I wasn't someone that was prescribed it to take it um daily like that so but so basically like for the first few years of of grad school like even when I was using it, like I was able to function without it. I was also, you know, maybe it was not as fun, but I was able to write a paper without it. I was a, I was able to do my homework without it. And the switch really happened like kind of in, it was, it was a bit um, at the same time of like when I had this whole issue with my confidence and, and with my um, advisor, because the underlying root of it was just like my confidence was completely shattered so so what happened was like over time because like it does make give make you more confident and gives you this mm-hmm. vibrato whatever bravado i don't know what i'm saying um like you know there was a certain like as i as i went through grad school in a seven year fucking crazy journey like my confidence got knocked down so many pegs as I went. Bad experience with advisors, making a mistake, especially with the ADHD stuff. Like I'm so, so, so sensitive to criticism or like, mm-hmm. you know, I would go in, my, my advisor would find the one thing that I didn't do right. I would, I would spiral. And so all these mistakes that I made were compounded and were hurting my confidence and like I was still kind of doing well or I was always able to figure it out at the end of the project but it's like every year that went on in grad school just like my my true like what I would say is like my authentic confidence you know just like whatever like Mm -hmm. my soul essence like authentic confidence that you have before you have an experience that knocks you down just got like beat down further and further and further and I was still doing things to kind of show myself like that I was confident or a big turning point was like when I passed my qualifying exam and like I was using Adderall to study for that basically I there was something that happened with starting my thesis that I wasn't able to work with the person that I wanted to and I wanted to switch topics into like the large-scale universe and I wanted to do something like my soul was pushing me in one direction my soul was saying you need to do you need to do this topic like you need to do galaxy evolution like the whole universe in your mind at once i wanted to expand and i wanted and i knew that it would maybe take some more time but basically kind of the, the underlying energy of what happened was that issues like with my past advisor like i felt that like my mistakes of the past were kind of almost contributing to things not working out with this other advisor like i was being punished for Mm -hmm. just wanting to follow my soul or that I mean I don't think you know it it ends up being that it was a miscommunication I don't think that was entirely the case but part of the story because that's really the most important part of anything right whatever story that develops in your mind about this it was kind of like and because another thing part of like what what ended up being the words that I said to myself all the time all that every time I was became more and more addicted to Adderall after this point was like 
I think that this other advisor, uh, this other person kind of like casted doubt on the fact that like I would be able to go into this new topic. Like because I was at the fourth year of my thesis, like we're moving to a totally different topic something that like it would be too hard for me like that it would be too much for me to move to this topic at this point it was basically just like I, I describe this event because like this period of time in my life like when I was dealing like switching from uh I had just gotten back from Australia um in 2018 and I didn't know uh, you ever went to Australia we've literally never talked about that I went to Australia for three months I lived there for three months in 2018 what yeah i do not talk about that no i mean yeah. i guess you're gonna have to tell me that at another time but yeah well i mean it's kind of it, it kind of fits here oh yeah and that was the other thing well, in australia i had no access to any adderall at all and i had mm. a fucking difficult time doing my work <laughs> um but i uh, i guess to backtrack a little like it was basically like after i passed my qualifying exam earlier that year which had put all all of astronomy into my brain at once and i was so confident and after that i just plummeted into a deep depression from like mm. burnout from like burnout that was like so like in my bones that I didn't even know that it was there and I like completely I like wasn't able to do like anything like yeah even yeah, even, even with Adderall like honestly um and I also just like I've had so many phases of this PhD program where I've fallen completely out of love with astronomy and mm. I've been so disillusioned from it. And for me, like this has this is like in my soul, this is in my veins, like this is something that I always have known that I'm going to be doing. And it's like when you're in this position where this is, you know, your whole life and you still have a whole rest of the PhD to finish. And it's like the thing is, I knew that I knew that that it, the love wasn't really fully gone. I, I knew that it was kind of just like a phase that it was like a time period that I needed. But like it was weird and it was hard and I like wasn't excited by it or I, you know, I just that I was so burnt out that like all the passion was just hazy and I just didn't know. And so I started coming out of that like about around the time where then I got this opportunity to go to Australia and live there for like June, July, and August in 2018. Oh, wow. And it was amazing. And I thought it was like that was my like reemergence into life. Like I did so much traveling. Like I went to New Zealand. Like I got to go visit all these amazing places. And while I was doing research in, in Aust like astronomy research in Australia, um, I was, you know, on the, on the science, like as a person, I was thriving because I was like I was like traveling and I was living my best like solo travel life like mm -hmm. I was just going everywhere like alone and I was just you know me and my element is like independent and running and like bopping around so I was in my element as a person I was like coming back into myself and I was slowly like I was slowly starting to like re-merge myself with astronomy and like re-remember my passion and it was like right when I got back that I was like all good to go. And I thought that I was going to work with this person on my thesis. And I was like, yeah, we're good to go. And I was like, I had just gotten my passion back. Like when I got back from Australia, I was like, all right, I'm ready. Like I had the worst year ever. But and then this thing happened where it just it, it didn't work out. And I kind of got kicked out on onto my ass and I had nowhere to go. And I in terms of like research. 
So yeah. So what do you mean? Like, what do you mean you got? So it was it was like this person that I wanted to work with. It 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 ended up being a little bit of a miscommunication, but also it fell on me a little bit. The part of the mis part of the miscommunication was like she thought that I was gonna be doing like more legwork about like what my project was going to be and then like I didn't do as much of that legwork so there was Mm -hmm. a lot that fell on me in terms of shame like I put together this Mm -hmm. little proposal this like two-page proposal like I didn't realize that she you know wanted me to put something together more detailed so there was like a little bit of my fault but also like also a miscommunication and she wasn't able to be my uh, advisor this person and um but I didn't want to go back to what I had done before because I wasn't as passionate about it. Like I wanted to expand. I wanted to do this new topic of like the whole lar- large scale universe, not just like things, not just like star forming regions in the Milky Way, not just like nearby things. So mm-hmm. I um, so I was in like limbo for about like a month period of time. And, and in that time, like my sister really helped me with this. It was like my soul was calling me to like go in this direction and, and find a way. My soul was like, we're going to find a way to make this happen. And it's just going to be a little more independent and it's going to look different, but we're going to find a way. Mm-hmm. But in the back of my mind was always, there was doubt expressed that I would be able to like successfully change gears to this topic and that I would, you know, that I would be able to carry it out well enough. And that stayed mm-hmm. in my mind. And so I ended up, you know, getting help uh, to figure out a separate project uh, that I could do independently. And I got some a different professor to advise me on it, mm-hmm. who was my thesis advisor. And um, so it worked out. But there was a period of time where I didn't really belong anywhere, where I didn't have an advisor, where and, you know, like I kind of talked about this with you this year, like I kind of uncovered a lot of this um the the effects of that like this one conference that we had in like October of 2018 and I was in between and I was kind of in the stage where I was like you know or I was like I'm gonna figure out my own topic like I'm gonna do it on my own um but I didn't I didn't belong anywhere and at conferences all you do is you introduce yourself and you say who your advisor is and I remember being like so embarrassed and so like horrified that like everyone else belonged, everyone else in the circle. And the conference was at our school too. So like a lot mm-hmm. of other people visiting. It was like me around all the grad students, like everyone's introducing, oh, who's your advisor? Everyone belongs to someone. Everyone wants, everyone has an advisor that like wants them to be under their wing. And like I wasn't under anyone's wing. And like, yeah, you know, that fucks you up. And it really just amplified these like exile feelings basically i mean i i so i think that really the issues with the with the adderall like started at this time because i so it not only was like you know it was doubts were expressed that i could actually do this that i could actually successfully shift gears into this project and that i would be smart enough to be able to do it or that i had enough time or whatever you know Mm -hmm. because i had to switch into a new expertise even though I would still have like three or four years to do it. And also I, there was a big part of me that like thought that this was my mistakes of the past haunting me. That part of the reason that this person Mm. didn't want to work with me was because I made so many mistakes with the previous advisor and that that advisor, you know, I got the story and like this also might be partially true because people do talk you know yeah of course so i think there's partial truth to this but it also i think i amplified the story bigger and like 
you know, with the ADHD stuff and like so many, these mistakes are compounded. And like when you think that like your past mistakes are like still haunting you and there's like no way it felt like I was like, I did all this work. Like I just studied, like I just passed the qualifying exam on like my first try and like I did all this stuff and like still like these mistakes, like these stupid mistakes that I made and me not getting along with this great with this other advisor, like that really is still coming to bite me in the ass. Like I can't get past it. Such a shame spiral. Yeah, it was like so much, so much shame. So it all kind of, everything kind of like built there. And I think... And so at that point, so I finally got locked into my new project and everything was going well, but I had this massive unworthiness thing around my new advisor. Mm-hmm. Like I felt like I like cornered him at gunpoint and like forced him to be my advisor, like, which is not the case at all. But um, imagine I did. No, <laughs> I like, you know, he- Get him on. Let's the, ask him. <laughs> like <laughs> I felt like I, I felt so- I, well, first off, I wasn't like entirely under his wing. I was doing this ind- individual project. So already, as always, I was like already the black sheep. I started, yeah. I was the black sheep. I, it took me like a few years before I actually felt like worthy enough of his help. Like I didn't feel worthy of his help for a long time. Like anytime we met, I felt like a burden. You yeah. Know? I also didn't know if he could actually help me like in terms of the topic, in terms of the stuff. You know, I had all of those doubts my thesis project was like built on like really really rocky foundation really weird really weird foundation um but i was still like determined to do it and i was still you know ready but um it took me a lot to to get to that point so so basically like with the adderall like i would say i was able to i didn't i didn't truly notice that i couldn't do work without it until the pandemic so i was when the pandemic Mm. started i was about like half a year to one year into my thesis work wait that was no just kidding sorry that was i was already like a year and a half um at that point i'd been working on my thesis topic for like a year and a half or like a little over a year and um throughout that time like i was you know i was still using it i wasn't super confident but at the same time I didn't really notice that I maybe wasn't able to do something without it. Um, and so it was like around the pandemic, I remember like I was quarant- for the very March 2020, I was quarantining with my parents. Um, I had brought back a whole stash with me and I was like, this is great. Gonna like make so much progress on my research and everything. And two weeks into the pandemic, like after I ran out, of my Adderall I um like would go to try to do work and I just like couldn't bring myself to it and this happened every day then it persisted for another two or three weeks where it was like I would try and then I was like uh no like I just you know I, I didn't really at that time I didn't really realize what was going on yet because it was so unconscious like I truly like I knew that it was helping me and everything, but like I, tr- I, I didn't. I had no awareness that there was that there was really a part of me that like felt like I couldn't do work without it. Yeah, there's probably a little bit of denial too, and yeah, yeah just that lack of awareness. Yeah, exactly. It was like it was massive denial, 
And so at that point, so that's when I started realizing, but I didn't stop. And I continued this cycle where I, when I, I continued this cycle for about, so the rest of 2020 and all of 2021 for, so almost about two years after that, I continued this Mm -hmm. cycle of being, running out of Adderall. In that time period where if I ran out of Adderall, I would buy my time or I would just be sleeping, like sleeping nonstop because I'm coming off of being awake for so many days on end, sleeping nonstop, buying my time, waiting to see when I could get it next, waiting to see like, oh, maybe I could push back that deadline. Oh, maybe I can push it. Buying my time slowly by the days, whatever. And then when I would get it, I would be like, great, this is the time. You know, you kind of have the all or nothing mentality. You're like, with this batch, like I'm going to finish this. I'm going to finish this. I'm going to get to this finish line. Um, Not eating. So it really gave you like a sell or a fake sense of confidence. Fake sense of confidence. And also just this, this, like this idea that I like, this was going to be the time, like after this batch, like I was going to be like done. I was going to, I was going to like reach a new level of accomplishment which like I made a lot of progress in these times, but it was constantly, I was never fully there. It was constantly just showing up to the, like just getting right to the door, just getting right there. And then. Yeah. So the way I see it too, is like when they talk about like ADHD, a lot of the time there's like this procrastination piece. You can't do your work or whatever it is because we're like avoiding the emotion that the task actually brings up. So if the Adderall gave you that like fake sense of self-confidence that you could tackle it, but then it's like, it's like without it, you're facing like your shadows and you just like weren't able to like go there without having that crutch to lean on. Yeah. And so the other thing was that like, oh yeah, this is the other thing. In this time period that I had already been working on my thesis for like a year, I developed this whole new like avenue of analysis and research to take. And I was only, and because I, of the Rocky Foundation that I just described, I had such a hard time trusting my own ideas and also I was new to the field. Mm, yeah. So it's one thing if I had like these ideas and I was in the field for a few years, but I felt like I was just floating on my own. I didn't feel supported from my advisor because I wasn't willing to feel supported by him at that point. Yeah, you know, like towards the end, I actually, yeah. once I learned how to accept support from him, but I didn't feel supported by anyone. So I just felt like I was like floating out in the sea. And if I was coming up with these ideas, like I didn't really trust that they were good. I didn't trust that they um, were valid or so. So what would happen was then I would be so confident in my new ideas with the Adderall while I was on it. Um, And then once it wore off, all of a sudden I would start doubting all of these research ideas I had and I would start and then my, my sober self would take over and would say, there's no way like this isn't a good idea this isn't a good idea until it kicked in and all of a sudden I could open my paper back up again and be like oh my god this is a great idea good job Alyssa um but as the second it wore off I would start questioning my ideas again I was that's exhausting so exhausting and the other so like you know that's so that's like kind of the cycle that was playing out and and definitely the way that I so once like once I became so once I became so aware that that was happening like that I felt like I couldn't 
do this, do anything or like do my research without it, I would, I would, that, I mean, I started doing like shadow work around this time in 2020 Mm -hmm. and I was like trying to understand like what some of these underlying ideas were. And that's where, um, and I mean, you know, essentially what was happening what was happening was that I was, I, my uh, like baseline confidence and my, my authentic, like the confidence that you can't be taken away. You're authentic because the Adderall mm-hmm. gave me false confidence. So my underlying like soul, true, authentic confidence was so knocked down because of the way that my whole thesis started and because of all the previous things from school and just academia and just being knocked down left and right. Like, it was so knocked down that I couldn't fathom to do my work like in my sober body and yeah. I needed to. And you also for- didn't want to be in your sober body. So like yeah. you weren't embodied at all. I wasn't embodied. I needed it to float me above. I needed I needed yeah. it to. I wore it as like a bubble wrap to protect me, yeah. to save me. And because and the other the other thing that was going on under it was like it was because what lack of confidence it's also lack of self-trust so it was like i viewed myself as this fuck up and i i was subconsciously every time saying to myself we can't trust Alyssa. like sober Alyssa cannot be trusted with this task we have to get her out of the driver's seat she can't be trusted she fucks up too much she's she's fuck up she's gonna fuck it up so we have to take sober Alyssa out of the driver's seat and put this like confident Adderall version of Alyssa <laughs> into the driver's seat. Yeah. Because and and the thing is, because that I was like, this is the only because at the same time, I still so cared about my PhD. I didn't, I didn't even talk about the fact that how this was draining my pockets for years. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Didn't even talk about that. Draining my pockets. I was spending all of my money all, everything because I cared so much about getting to this end point I cared so much about the PhD and I like figured that I had just gotten to myself in this point where I was like it doesn't matter like I can't you know I can't do it without it I can't be trusted like I, I need this to get me to where I need to go so it was worth all of the money to me like because I cared so much yeah. about this like it was worth all of my money all of my health and everything that I was just like, this is the only way to get me there. And yeah, it was like I needed to, I needed to not be in my body. I needed to float above. And as a result, you know, I was not, I was not embodied. Well, obviously people I know like Adderall curbs your appetite. So, you know, Mm -hmm. in the, in the, in the time periods where I was on it, where I was on or taking it a bunch, um, was it, wasn't eating much. Um, and, I wasn't sleeping much either and it's also just like it was just such a shitty feeling like that feeling of being so hyped up like so hyped up that you can't even get to sleep like if you try it's almost like it's almost like going to bed with like incredible anxiety it's like like being so up that you can't come back it is like a it's terrifying because it's so ungrounding because it's like you can't come back down to earth if you wanted to it's like it's wild and like yeah I just remember like every time thinking like oh this is gonna be it or also thinking thinking that I was like at a point where I was ready to like try stuff without it or I would be like you know when when you're in that place of such false confidence when you're on the up from it it's like you 
you all of a sudden think like, oh my God, I can easily do, I can easily do this tomorrow. I can just wrap this up tomorrow morning and I won't even need to take any, any of it. And then the next morning comes and you're like, oh, I'm just going to, I'm just going to take it anyway, though. Yeah. And the other thing too is like just the addictive person, like the addiction, like observing my, um, yeah, just how my tolerance grew so much over the years and how it, so the other thing is like when it became, I would say it really became bad in like 2020 and 2021, it was like, it was like, you know, I would take, I would take it and then I would feel a little bit elevated. But because I, at this point, I was also so aware of like what I was so aware that I had so much that needed to be covered, like so much that needed to be bubble wrapped Mm -hmm. because like, because all, yeah, it was all, it was all coming out and it was all like, I was seeing it all. And it was finally, I was like, there was so much like the me under it was like so weak. It was like so, so weak. I, I had, I needed like, that's like the best way I can think of it. It was like, I needed the thickest possible layers of bubble wrap to protect me while I was doing my work from my own thoughts. Oh yeah. And this was what I was going to say before, like what I realized the thoughts that go in my head if I if I didn't have it to to cushion me, if I didn't have it to cushion my confidence, would be like that almost that other professor in my the back of my head, or no, me saying in my head like she was right, like I can't I can't do this, like she was they were right all along, yeah, you know they were, they were right. This is too hard for me. I'm not smart enough to do this at like the first sign of discomfort, you know. And so it was all about like learning to yeah like being able to sit in what could be an uncomfortable feeling of like reading a paper and being like oh I might I don't really understand this right now that feels uncomfortable like I couldn't handle that like it felt like death to me you know I'm curious um at what point did you start feeling like I can't do this anymore. Like at what point did you start feeling like I don't want, like I don't want this to be my yeah. life. I don't want to take this because you could, if you wanted, you could have pro- probably rode that train all the way to your thesis and like use that to graduate. Right. And I thought I was going to for a long time. And so I was actually checking in on the situation via like readings, like often starting in 2020, like reading like any psychic readings that I had with someone someone that I trusted I and I believe I maybe checked in with you a few times and others a Mm. few times and basically like the guidance that I was getting up until 2022 was that like yeah it's not the best but like you know you're monitoring it it's it's okay it's been okay because it's been helping me and that's the other thing like I do feel like mm. it was serving me for a period of time, mm-hmm. but around 2020, 2021 was when I noticed it stopped serving me. And, and so it was, it was like, it was though really like in 2021, it was these, the deep like downs, the deep downs, the downs of like feeling so, yeah, just feeling really pathetic, honestly, like feeling in, like I'm in this point where I was like, this is pathetic like I've witnessed myself now for so long tell myself say like you know like live the version of crazy where I say say one thing I do the opposite like I've lived myself I've, I've watched myself live in an illusion live in like my own world for like years with this stuff and I'm still going I'm still lying to myself all the time when I know that this is such a problem and I feel like honestly one of the things that made me really like want to be or like, yeah, that made me feel like I can't, like, I know that I can't do this anymore. It was just like how, yeah, exhausting. And those, those 
the not being able to fall asleep and the not being able to get to rest and just feeling like like I just hype myself I, I put myself up on, on this such this high upper that I'm so ungrounded and I don't know what's going on and I feel feeling like you're gonna like you're so float up that you're gonna just yeah. float float away from earth I was like there's okay. nothing to pull me down right now probably just the toll on your body too like it's not it's not healthy to have those cycles of can't sleep can't sleep sleep for days sleep for days you're not eating like yeah your routine is all over the place yeah exactly it was like it was like that and um so i i knew that it was bad but um you know like basic so basically in the end of 2021 like i i knew that it was bad but um I wasn't necessarily ready to get to stop yet. I I truly didn't know how like I was under the belief that like I needed this to finish my PhD. I was kind of under the belief that like, okay, it's it's not great, but like I'm just gonna have to keep going like until the PhD and then and then I'll and then I'll stop, you know. But I also knew, you know, I know the way the universe works and I know that if something's not good for you anymore, the universe is going to show you and it's going to slap your wrist and it might not look pretty. And I remember like having this conversation with my brother once, like very beginning 2022, he was like, well, you get to decide how do you want this to end, right? Mm -hmm. Like this can either end with me saying, with me deciding to to end or something worse can happen. You know, it can end with something worse. And I feel like that was a turning point for me kind of just realizing that like he's right like you how control like control over it yeah like how like how do like this is gonna end like something is gonna happen with this at some point like how do I want it to end like do I want it to end on my terms or do I want to just push it push it push it until something bigger happens so at that point still after like still after that I was kind of just going to be like, okay, I'm just going to monitor it. But at the same time, I had been say I had been monitoring it for over a year and I was still doing it and I was still living out the exact same cycles over and over and over again. So, but then, so it was early, so it was January, 2022. I had a reading with Jenny. Um, and at the end of the reading, like I asked about it, and this was someone, this is someone that I really trust a lot, you know, someone that's been my mentor and for the first time i guess in the, yeah in this reading that i had a- for the first time in any reading that i had asked my guides about it the response was so i yeah i asked her i said in the kind of in the end of the reading like you know i know th- i know about the Zatterall situation like i know it's probably not like it's pretty bad like how like how bad is it and she said it's really bad and i knew that like and she yeah, yeah. she said she said it's really bad she said it's and this is and she was she was just getting the direct information from my spirit guides and everything and from yeah she was just channeling she was just channeling and she was saying it's like it's time like it's time to stop and i was like crying nonstop because i was like my first thought was like i can't like how am i gonna do it though like how like i can't even like how am i gonna finish this like how i can't do it like I can't do it without it. Like at this point, that belief was like so strong. That belief was so strong that I couldn't do it without it. That I was like, "There's no way. I don't know how I'm gonna do it." And she, you know, her response, her like channeled response, was like, "You're was like you're gonna be so much prouder, so much more proud of yourself. Like when you're done, like it's gonna feel that much more rewarding when you're done yeah. with PhD, and you're gonna be happy that you tackled it now." 
and she was like you're just gonna she's like you're just gonna do it like you're gonna just open your you know open your energy to source ask for help ask for help from higher wisdom to just channel through me and you're just gonna be able to do it and it was like the realist so that was that moment that that was really that was the moment that it like actually clicked or that 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 was the moment where I knew that this is actually the time that this is actually what I have to do because it was someone that I trusted a lot and I trusted that that message needed to be delivered and I also knew that it was the time and so I had actually I had actually just picked up like the day before like I had just picked up like an um more for the month of January Mm -hmm. and um so I yeah and so she said like you know after this you should like call someone and so I called my brother after and kind of told him and to kind of have have someone to help me um be accountable with it but so I said that I would use the rest of what I you know now that I know this was the first time that I would actually approach this saying I'm gonna listen this time um yeah basically it was like I heard that felt like like her saying it was time and really that message coming down like a hammer like I knew that that was like serious and I that I that was the I feel like that was the moment where I knew I was like okay I actually have to take this into my own hands like I can't let it like I feel like I just knew something worse was gonna happen um if I didn't and I knew that they wouldn't tell me you know that this is really the time like if this wasn't like one of the last times that I could really work on this and uh so I used like what the rest of whatever I had in the month of January knowing that it would be the last and knowing you know knowing that I'm going like kind of bracing myself so I let I gave myself a few weeks this last kind of cycle to brace myself and then I stopped in the end of January um and I still and I was I'm still successful in that so put it there when I the last time I I took it was in the end of January and I have not taken it since oh, wow. um so yeah so I I listened to the call almost a year uh yes and so I believe when this comes out it will be about a year um so what was your process then after of not taking it? Because now you're having to figure out how to do your work and not lean on this crutch anymore that like gave you self-confidence. It like helped you float above your shame, probably some guilt in there, like a lot, a lot of shadow aspects. So like all of these are like hitting you in the face now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what followed after I stopped the... <laughs> After I stopped in the end of January 2022, what followed was the hardest year of my entire life. Um, it was, you know, it, I, I would say there's a difference between knowing, you know, between trying to brace yourself for it and knowing that this is that there's a difference between this is why I really needed to confront it. I thought it was going to be a lot easier for me to to do work without it like I thought that I had kind of braced myself enough but but I feel like this was the difference the difference from actually from like understanding the cause of it because I understood so much especially at this point especially by January by February 2022 when I started trying to do work without it I like was so aware of where all the sources of these things were I was like I knew like and the, I knew that um, 
you know, I, I was getting, I had anxiety pulling up my paper because I thought that, uh, my ideas weren't good. And, but I also knew that that Mm -hmm. wasn't true. I knew that these ideas were good. You know, it was like all the logical things that technically like could, um, put my worries aside or that could soothe my worries. Like, oh, this isn't really a good idea, whatever. Like, uh, or I know that why this fear, this fear is only coming from, you know, the voices in my head that said I couldn't do it, but I know I am smart enough to do it. Like all the things didn't matter entirely because I just met a new animal when I actually put it into practice, which I really feel like in retrospect was physically like my nervous system like moving through all like I understood like the mental body the emotional body aspect of like these traumas or whatever you could call it that is underlying like what this hurdle was but it was like I had to meet it in my body now and that's what I did Mm -hmm. for eight months because everything that I was going through like when I would sit to try to do work or whatever it was my nervous system going into this protective mode, going into this overdrive, feeling like I was going to die, feeling like mm-hmm. feeling like all of these things that were such an attack on my confidence and my ego. It was like an ego death every single time I tried to do work because and, and that that's what I learned in this time. And I felt like that was a new demon that I faced. It was like I understood these ideas and I understood what was going on. But like I had to physically like move it through my body, which took a really, really long time or it took a, it took about seven or eight months. Um, and I mean, I'm going to talk yeah. I'm going to talk about like those times in more detail. But I feel like at least like in retrospect, like when I look back at it now, I feel like that's what it was because and and the only and when it comes to that kind of stuff, the only way out is through you know like I had to experience that and I had to like shadow work baby every time I would like show up at to something or every time I would try to like do the work and I would you know I would try so like to start so small or just like with one sentence or whatever but everything still feel still felt overwhelming but it was like I had to just feel the insane discomfort of my body like my body just had to like feel like it was gonna die from me pulling up this research paper from me like and this was in the point that I was from like February to like June those months all that entire time straight for that entire time February to maybe at least May probably probably at least May definitely a little bit of June I couldn't pull up my research paper my topics I couldn't talk about them without my feeling like I was going to go into a full-blown like panic attack with like I couldn't even like at night like I couldn't even like pull up or if I had like something in the background of my paper with my research like I had to just like minimize it because like it was such an attack on my confidence and on my nervous system really because it was just like it would just send me into a spiral what helped me kind of at least exist a little bit in this time period was being a TA and like leaning into the things that I was good at, like because that actually helped me through like my other depression in 2018 with this stuff where I felt really dissociated. Yeah. Like I know that I'm good at 
like explaining concepts to other people and like so it was kind of like I would say the biggest source of the trauma was like around my own research because that was all these things that were wrapped up in my identity and my self-worth was this new thesis project and like everything that had to do with my own ideas and doubting all of my own ideas so much and it was like I had no safety net now I had no safety net of confidence to like go back into even though it was just going to be fleeting and and as soon as it wore off in a few hours like the confidence would be completely gone all over again but it was like I had no safety net of confidence so it was just this whole topic of my thesis and my work was just this whole blob of like vague nothingness that I couldn't that I couldn't enter and other topics Mm -hmm. in astronomy like were a bit more accessible like I was able to teach these kids uh, on this subject or like I was able to slowly learn how to do some work with like um the class that I was a TA for and I was able to you know and that helped me that moved me into the state of feeling like I could function a little bit but truly from like February to June 2022 I was in a complete state of executive dysfunction um yeah. and what I was doing was like I would just give up on I would say that I was going to do work and then I would basically just give up on it and it was it was too hard. I was too I was too scared. I would say tomorrow, tomorrow's gonna be the day. Tomorrow's gonna be the day. And I would yeah. just start smoking early in the day. And I would just completely disassociate. Um, I also like in this whole time, like I I wasn't going. It wasn't like I was like doing other healthy things. Like for the most part, like I was not going to the gym. Like I was not doing anything else that was good for myself. Like I was just completely trying to do this, but it took every ounce of energy to do nothing. And like, yeah, so then you, yeah, been there. you're like on the receiving end here of this too, like helping me while I'm going through this stuff. And part of what like builds up this whole like shame is, you know, in this whole time period, like I'm still technically a student, like my advisor doesn't know what's going on. Like I'm making mm-hmm. empty promises to my advisor every single week saying that I'm going to be done with my paper this week gonna be done next week next week next week next week every meeting well, yeah because you're meeting up with him every single week and more then, or so less it was yeah like, what, every every friday mm-hmm. you didn't have anything to show him yeah for like however many exactly months. all so many meetings in a row where i had to just figure out a way to like cover for myself i like i literally had no idea what to say in these meetings because i wasn't going to tell him what was going on um i wasn't and that brings up a lot of feelings for you too because there's also this part of you while you're going through that that's probably like it shouldn't have been this hard for me to transition exactly doing it exactly and so yeah back down just like the shame yeah i thought like and and so this was the thing and and it just got deeper and deeper as time went on and in this time period like time was my mortal enemy like every day that passed was like oh my god another day I thought it was going to take me such a shorter period of time to get over this. Mm. Like I, I expected. So that's the other thing in my mind, in the back of my mind, I had like this time frame for what would have been okay in my mind. I was like, okay, yeah, maybe a week. I was like, oh yeah, maybe a week or two, whatever. But at that point, like you should definitely like, you should at least be getting something done. Like, so then when that time period passed and I was like, oh, so remember like, you know, you're, I was saying it was like every single time it was like, oh my God, it's been two weeks and I haven't done anything oh my god it's been three weeks oh my god it's been a month oh my god it's been two months and the shame like the amount that it just piles up because I completely thought that 
I would have figured it out by now because I've never done this before and I had no idea how hard it was going to be. And you're just should, should, should. You're telling yourself everything that you should be doing instead of just accepting yourself and having compassion for what you've been through and where you're at. Right, exactly. But you didn't have the capacity to have that at that time or that was part of your shadow work was moving through that and that you didn't, I don't know, you didn't have to have. Exactly. You didn't, you didn't have. You didn't have to have all of your work done for you to still have compassion or love yourself in those moments. Yeah. I had a really hard time having compassion for myself or like I would, but I remember like definitely by the time I got to like May, like, you know, you get to a point where like you're fed up with yourself and it's like, I was fed up with myself. I, when I got to the point where, yeah, it was like May or June, I was just like, I can't believe I haven't figured this out yet. I'm living the same day over and over and over again. The same, like to the T, like uh, legit of those days, like 95% of those days were the exact same of me saying that I was going to do it tomorrow, that I was going to figure it out tomorrow of me just giving up at like an hour into the day, you know, just kind of Did it ever cross your mind to just go pick up more Adderall? (sighs) Honestly, No. And that entire time, I I knew that I wasn't going to go back to it. There was... Wait, what? Sometimes I get confused with, like, what happened in my dream uh, versus... Oh, yeah. Sometimes... Oh, yeah, because that's the other thing. Sometimes I get confused with what happens in my dreams because in my... There, you know, or now I'm thinking there might have been... Because I'm like, wait, was there an actual time that I considered going? There might have been like one or two times that I considered just like, oh, just one, just to kind of pick me back up. Just even though, you know, telling myself yeah, a lie. Get started. Just to get the fire started. Exactly. Because that's the thing. It was <laughs> there was no fire started and there was nothing, nothing around. It was just it was just the lights were off and nothing Nothing was coming on. There might have been one time, but I can't remember if it was a dream. Definitely had a lot of dreams about searching for pills. A lot of dreams about a lot of dreams of like finding pills in my car, finding pills on the floor, taking pills from the floor. Um, A lot of dreams about really coming through there. mm -hmm, And I've talked about that with like someone else that went through a similar thing with the pharmaceutical pills and they've actually had similar dreams as well so it's it's a thing mm-hmm. having like the, the pills appearing appearing in dreams yeah and but the whole time as hard as it was the whole time i knew that i like yeah i i would say that is the thing about me sometimes like when i hit a certain turning point and like when I sometimes if on a certain thing, like if I hit a certain point where I say I'm going to do something, I do pretty much like follow through. So it didn't at that point, it didn't occur to me or it it was not a real consideration to backtrack because I knew that I had taken it so far. I was so aware of it for so long. Yeah. You know, I would say maybe like if I had tried this earlier, like in 2021 or something, maybe. But at, th- at this point, I was so aware that I took this the furthest that I could possibly have taken it that I was like, I used up all of my yeah, all of my pr- time with it, you know. 
there's probably the realization that if you start it again too, you're just going to be back at square one because you're going to have to stop again. And it's like the time that you spent was kind of wasted because you would just have to redo it. Exactly. Yeah. So it was like that too. And um, I truly like had no idea how I was going to finish this. Like, because yeah with all all because every day that passed i was like oh my god i have less and less time to finish i have no idea how i'm gonna finish like i have no idea how i had not established any workflow i had not established like hardly any success of 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 doing things and i was and on top of that all of the shame that compounded like and this is something that i've like just thought so much about recently and like the shame from when you disappoint yourself when you can't trust Mm -hmm. yourself and you disappoint yourself every day every single day like because I didn't have enough compassion for myself at that time I felt like I disappointed myself every day for like months and months and months yeah and it really just takes such a toll on you yeah you know and like I and so on top of on top of that on top of all of the disappointing myself that I did because I thought I would have been over it by now um I just the actual practice of it the practice of doing work just in in practice I was like how am I going to do this I was like there's literally no way like I don't know I don't know how I'm going to do this um so it was really really bad for a period of time and I would say the thing that started being the light at the tunnel was like this job that I was close to getting that started in like June and it was a bit more aligned and it was teaching and this yeah this opportunity came along that kind of ignited like a light at the end of the tunnel for mm-hmm. me and it was the first time that I was able to see a life beyond beyond my thesis and beyond my PhD like in this whole time too I was just like I was so like pissed off at astronomy like I was so I was so frustrated I was so like um I didn't I was so frustrated that this thing that that like I was so depressed that I like hated this thing that I also knew was my passion because it's like that it's like the creative art it's like the artistic process it's like you have something in front of you that you know that you love but you also want to kill it at the same time and it was like that and it was like I know I have this passion but I I was so down on myself that I couldn't even be bothered to like do anything with it or I couldn't you know I I wasn't I wasn't showing up I wasn't I wasn't doing anything I was not being anything near like a contributing member of society I didn't I didn't yeah do anything and I also didn't want to and I was I resented it I was really resentful and I was resentful in that time like of all of academia because I like yeah because I I felt like they were able to do things that I couldn't like I I was I was angry that like I was angry that like everyone else can just like do work and that and that they it seems like other people can just show up and do things and I was like I struggle with that too like in a different way right yeah no exactly and like I was angry that like I couldn't do it it was that I couldn't do anything that I couldn't figure it out and I was like and I was also in this time like watching myself self-sabotage so much and I was drinking more 
I was smoking a lot more, but I was drinking more in this time. In this first few months, I started to drinking to numb the pain. And you know the difference when you, you know the difference between drinking just because or drinking socially and drinking because you need to numb out something. And I started doing that a lot, a lot more during the day too, sometimes in this time period. Um, and I mean, alcohol's never been my drug of choice, mm-hmm. but yes, it's, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's, um, and then it just makes you feel worse because all it does is rob your aura of its energy, really. Yeah. It robs you of your life force energy. Um, and yeah, just like kind of also just completely like I, I was just letting myself go in all ways physically like every this i was just deteriorating in this time and i was so frustrated and um yeah and i was really i was really hiding obviously and part of what was so difficult about that too was like yeah with the meeting with my meetings with my advisor or anything i would like i remember so many times like leaving you voice memos like being so frustrated like if if i a lot of times I would cancel meetings or I would like postpone mm-hmm. them or something and I would, you know, postpone to the following Monday if they were on Fridays, like to the following Monday, like, oh, I'll definitely get my shit together over the weekend. And then after I get shame about postponing it or if I manage to actually show up to the meeting, I'll be really proud of myself. But of course, the whole time I'm kind of just navigating, saying like, oh, yeah, I'm going to do that soon. Yeah. Like lying, lying, saying that I, I've been doing X, Y, Z, whatever. And just being, yeah, and then thinking you're gonna get it done before you you see him. There's also probably that thing of like, oh, I've moved the deadline. Oh, I'm safe for another oh day. God. So now today I'm gonna percent. I'm gonna escape again, or I'm the gonna. Rele- oh my god, the the dopamine release from from canceling yeah. or from postponing and saying, who okay, I, I know can that's finally, like too. yeah, like I can finally breathe. Like time to go smoke the day away. Time exactly. To, time to just do the exact same thing I've been doing and um like yeah and just just build this so much frustration of like why am i like why am i like this like why you know why do i keep having to fuck up like this um so what got you to the point of where you are now like what got you to move through that i would say what got me to so there was like a light at the end of the tunnel um and that was this job prospect and also I went to this conference in Paris in July of 2022 and I kind of was able to slowly like present about my stuff and talk about my stuff more, my research more. And I got some more confidence from that. Yeah, um, that's great. But I did kind of like, even after that, I did kind of dip back down into some spirals like when I, I didn't get that job. Yeah. Um, I didn't get that job, which ended up being okay after the fact. But in the time that I was waiting, I was just like, I was waiting for that job to be the thing at the end of the tunnel that made me go to the finish line because I still had so much work to do at that point. And I was like, oh, this is going to be great. I'll get this job and then I'll have to finish. And then I didn't get the job. Yeah. And I realized that, okay, the way that this has to be, is I need to finish for myself. I need to find find it in uh, myself. And so kind of around that time in August, I started having some more better days. Like it, 
I would say like it really started slow. Like I would have a successful, like, you know, I would leave my phone in the car and I would go to Starbucks and I would, um, and I would have like a successful work session for like an hour or something or like a few hours. And I remember just being so, it was so new to me to be in my body while I was doing work because I felt so like, so unsafe and like, yeah, a lot of the times leading up to that in like June or July, if I would try to do some work and I would get a little far and I would just ha- kind of have a crying panic attack and I would just need to cry yeah. cry it out. But sometimes you need to do that. And at that point, I was listening to a lot of um, like Kyle Cease, who's a spiritual uh, teacher online. And and that's kind of the way that he that he puts it, too. It's like so you feel like you see it, you feel it you cry it you cry out a bunch of tears and after that you kind of have released a little bit of a a layer of it and then you show up again and kind of see what happens after that and that's kind of how it happened like in the beginning or one I just have a really vivid memory of one day where I like I was trying to do my paper and and it did it did lead into this whole crying panic attack and um I cried it out and then I was I was a little bit stronger the next time I showed up. And sometimes that that's how it has to happen in these like early spurts. And I just remember like when I was able to start doing work, like as I'm doing it, feeling in such disbelief, like, oh, my God, wait, I'm doing it. Like feeling like feeling that knowledge and like the merging of what mm-hmm. I, everything that I was avoiding all of a sudden, like entering my body and me needing to be like, I'm not dead. I'm OK. I'm alive. I'm doing this like I'm writing a sentence like this is how like, crippled I was that I needed to like, yeah, get back wow. to this point like when I would be like oh my god like oh my god like I just wrote a sentence like oh my god okay oh, I'm okay I'm, like and also just being in such a disbelief that I was actually doing it in the moment like oh my god whoa, whoa, I just did a thing oh my god I'm doing it I'm doing it and so it kind of went on like that in little spurts and um then in like September and October, I started doing the Kundalini a lot yeah. more often and, and really regulating my nervous system because like I said, I feel like my biggest takeaway of, of the difference between when I just knew about the addiction versus when I actually stopped was like needing your nervous system needs to meet these things head on. And that's why absolutely understanding is not enough. And that's why you need to cry yeah. it out. You need to have episodes you need to do whatever you need to do because like in that whole time from January to October I like moved through so much physically like I moved through so many layers that were on top of me physically and I kind of finally got to some core that I was slowly being able to be okay with being in my body more and I started doing more nervous system and more like exercising too so I started well I remember in the spring we also had a chat about I had a friend stay with me that does neuroplasticity and we talked a lot about the neural pathways and I remember that being a turning point too in that yeah I feel like you yeah you started like working out and oh yeah just Mm -hmm. even like making adjustments to like your routine and your practice and I feel like your feedback was that that was helping as well. Yeah, exactly. Like I started because, you know, so much of this, was, so much of all of this was just me thinking that I can't do a thing and then just reinforcing that pathway and living yeah. that day over yeah, and over exactly. again. Exactly. 
And so, right, once we started talking about the neural pathway stuff, um, like I did have like a burst of of improvement um, in like May, May and June where I I actually took that step. And it's all about it's all about just taking that first step that you think you can't and like and building building the neural pathway and and knowing very well that it's going to be really uncomfortable to do the first uh, to do like the first one that is, that your brain is not used to. And I practice that for like a week, like doing things that basically would surprise your brain, things that your brain would be like, Wait, yeah. what, really? Like what, you're not just going to do it this way. And yeah. I did that for like a week and also with like the cold showers in the morning. And so I had, like, yep. I had these glimpses of in this like long period of time, I had these glimpses of of times that I was able to help myself or that I was able to see it, but I wasn't able to hold on to it for a long period of time, which is okay. But I had these glimpses that they helped me too. Though you know those periods of time um, helped me a lot. And um, even, well, even just like when it comes to if you're not regularly working out or doing the cold plunge, and then you do it, and, and if you're gonna do it, you have to change your mindset to I can do this when you're doing it because you don't. I don't know. I don't really. I'm not someone who loves to work out. I'm getting better, but like, and then same with the cold plunge. Like no one wants to do a fucking cold plunge, but like I, I do that all the time too, but you have to sit and you tell your brain over and over, I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. Yes. Versus I know there's times where I would start to do things and I would just tell myself I can't do it. And guess what? I would stop. Yeah. So it's changing that neural pathway of actually believing yourself that you can do it. Like that's just so huge. And our words like have impacted like our I guess it's not our words but like mm. our self-talk yeah exactly no exactly it was like it was that and you too. were telling yourself over and over that you couldn't do it so that's mm-hmm. what was embedded in your subconscious so what showed up in the physical what came to fruition you didn't do it mm-hmm. yeah exactly and like then I so I would say then in September and October I started showing up for myself in other ways and I I you know I broke through that neural pathway in other ways like when I started developing my practice of kundalini yoga and I would like and also and going to the gym or you know just doing other things where you watch yourself show up and you actually can rebuild that trust in yourself because obviously I had disappointed myself so many days in a row so I didn't have any of that trust in myself yeah and and then on another level too those things like really helped regulate your nervous system as well as even with the adhd getting your dopamine hit from like working out moving your body and same with the kundalini yeah exactly and the cold plunges they're a natural dopamine uh hit too Mm -hmm. so yeah like once i started showing up in these other ways for myself and i like noticed a new disciplined version of myself uh, emerging in these different things it kind of just built up my ability like and also just something kind of switched with it in my head that I knew you know it was it was improving over time so it, it improved over time and I showed myself glimpses of success on top that on top of for me the time was t- the clock was ticking and I knew I wanted to finish my PhD before 2022 and um, all of the things kind of just lined up for my new you know and also it was like I had suffered enough like at this point it was like I had caused myself to suffer uh, for a really long time and it was kind of like I think I paid my dues with it and I was kind of at a certain point you get sick and tired of your own shit right so it was a little bit of that too it was like and I moved my location I, I got out of Massachusetts and I moved home and I think that helped too to have some more accountability around me 
So I switched my environment, I switched my environment and I started doing more things to like support myself. And that in addition to the fact that it had just been, I had gone through such a long, such a dark period of time with it that it kind of, um, it turned around and I started like, yeah, I started showing myself that I could do these things and then I would you know make 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 progress and make more progress and I also like had people around me like to to do some of the bigger breakthrough things that I couldn't do like I had my cousin around me like to kind of submit this paper to to be moral support and so like I tried to enlist other means of support in that way and um I was kind of just slowly able to chip through these things and like hold all of these things in my in my body and in my mind and then to the point where I just like couldn't even believe that I was capable of like doing all this work and finally finishing with my own brain and like it kind of just happened quickly after after that point but I very I remember so vividly like the the slow process of it coming together like a few days in August where I was I was like oh my god like I actually like I made a ch- ch- edit to this plot that I hadn't made for eight months I've been waiting I mm-hmm. you know just like little things like breaking breaking through at that and it kind of just yeah and then it got me to this point where I was like now all in retrospect especially now that I'm really done with my PhD and like I presented everything and it all went so well. I'm just like, I can't believe that I couldn't talk about this topic in February. I couldn't pull up my paper without like wanting to cry in February. And I managed to just like do it. And I'm so like, and, and I'm so unbelievably proud of myself. And like, it's, yeah. And it's, it's just amazing. (laughs) I can't believe that I did it yeah it's a huge transformation yeah and like it was like the way that i i feel like i feel like what happened is that i i had to build up my confidence and my trust from scratch because it was at zero like yeah it was it was at zero like i had no authentic confidence no authentic trust and i built it up to phd level back to phd level confidence from nothing this year and yeah yeah it was just it was crazy and it was really really hard but um i definitely you know see the lessons and i know i know why it had to happen um oh yeah well that was a huge soul lessons and soul evolution for you Mm -hmm. And a lot it's of it, cool. a lot of it too, is like about a kind of this karma for me of um, this stuff with things that have come up in readings before, like the stuff with authority figures. And I know you have this too a little bit. And it's like I've had this this subconscious thing of like, yeah, always feeling like I'm gonna be in trouble or that someone's gonna stop me or wrong or wrong or that like I think for me uh, what I've unpacked is that it's been this big subconscious thing of like they're going to get in my way like these people like everyone's out to get me like they're trying to stop me like they're not they're they're going to make they're going to make it so that my dreams can't come true and i was like that can't happen and that's why i was like the only way to my dreams is this substance and um yeah it was like this this crazy big fear that these authority figures were were out to get me and that and it totally just sh- like shred my confidence you know yeah wow yeah that was was quite the journey yeah so it was it was a big journey I'll talk about it you know some more directly and indirectly but 
Yeah, of course. Um, well, thank you for being vulnerable about it. Cause that's like a big, it's a big like life transition, big life transformation. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of people that aren't open about stuff like that. So I hope that there's people listening that maybe if you do struggle with addiction or certain things that uh, you can hear Alyssa's story and that can be helpful for you. Yeah, exactly. I'm hoping that, um, you know, for me, it was always about it was always about the confidence. It was always that like my trust in myself completely got lost along the way. And that's what this addiction was for me. It was about finding yeah. my way back to my own authentic confidence. And that is the kind of authentic authentic confidence is something that can't be taken away, you know, that isn't going to be fleeting yeah. when, when something wears away. So just like for me, that was when that was why I knew that that this specific substance was a problem for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, journey of trust for you. Yeah. So. Yeah. <sighs> thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. You're Do you welcome. have anything else to add or that you'd like to tell anyone? Hmm. I feel like. I feel like I wish, yeah, I, if there was anything that I wish I could have done, it would have, it would have been, I wouldn't have been so afraid of time because the truth is like, you know, it's like I was so against, against the clock this whole time and I was not giving myself any compassion because I just thought it was this race. And then it's so funny, like from when I, when I wasn't able to get myself out of this in like a week I was like oh my god I can't believe I already wasted a week and then come to find out what the journey was meant to be was about eight months of me really not doing any work at all and that's what it needed and it's like you know you might not always be able to see and so at that point if you had told me in February that it was going to take me eight months before I was able to really like do my work like I would have jawed at the floor like I would have had no idea and it's still yeah. it's all worked out and it's like I needed I needed to go through it in in that time so you know it's like you can't rush your process and I wish I was yeah I wish I was more compassionate to myself in the time but I was you know you're always doing the best that you can with what you have um oh yeah definitely so you know it's like it it might take some time if anyone's dealing with this right now um because there's also some chemical imbalances there I, I didn't realize until recently that there was you know a lot of chemical withdrawal happening in my brain oh god that yeah. took that took months and months and months and I didn't know I didn't really know that that was happening or I didn't know that that was a factor of why it was taking me so long so it's like you know there's layers to move through um but they're happening like they're happening they're happening as long as you're trying you know because slowly but surely over that period of time it happened for me so yeah I think that's yeah that's about it and I'm just I'm very relieved to be on the other side um and yeah well thanks for sharing we're very proud of you you've been through a lot thank you I hope that this might be able to help yeah anyone and um all right so i think we're gonna close off this episode yeah i gotta Um, eat (laughs) i'm gonna fall over thank you for Um, listening everyone like comment and subscribe subscribe for some more (laughs) vulnerability Um, all right thank you everyone